Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ford, joined by the lovely Julia Delbell. Julia, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me back. Oh, always. It's always a pleasure when you when you grace us with your presence. Uh, if this is your first episode, I apologize, but we are trying to do what we normally do, and that is change the complexion of the comic book universe one draft pick at a time via the racial draft but before we do that let's talk about some nerd news shall we uh we may as well start with one of the bigger stories in in entertainment in uh comic book entertainment and that's got to involve dr strange in the multiverse of madness uh still winning uh in the global box office approaching 700 mil global globally a little bit of a um a dip so to speak uh, what, what was that dip? Uh, I think worldwide the dip was uh, 68%. And I think domestically the dip was closer to 80%. Is that right, Julia? Domestic, well, the 80% was the Friday. I think it was like 67% domestically. Oh, okay, for the week. Yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of worry about that Friday dip. And, it, you know, people had, had their articles all ready to go about that. Right. I mean, it, it does seem like, based on projections, that it will fall short of a billion dollars worldwide, which, you know, I mean, we talked about that on the show a few weeks ago. I thought it was, you know, I thought a billion was pretty likely. So that's a little bit on the disappointing side, but I'm sure that uh, in, the, in the Marvel and Disney offices, 900 or so would still, would still uh, be well within their range of success. Well, what it's an improvement over the first. And it's already past the first full worldwide growth. So I think a third one's still going to happen. So I don't, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. I mean, but, at, but at the same time, you got to think that with the marketing blitz and with the, the shifting of the dates that they are, they were hoping for, um, for something a little bit stronger. But like I said, I mean, I think, I think it's still going to be ultimately viewed as a success, even though the cinema scores and some of the uh, industry buzz are a little bit down on this this film. We've also been joined uh, by Randy. Randy, say what's up to the people. Hola, people. <laughs> and we we're just getting into the to, to the uh, early part of the podcast. We're just talking about uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and its box office performance. You have any thoughts uh, about that? So let's go ahead. Well, I you know. Obviously, the the critic sort of um, response, like the fan response and the critic response, is there. So I I wouldn't say it's particularly shocking. Um, what do you mean shocking? In what respect? I guess like the fact that um, just the the earnings or whatever, the the fact that the the viewership has gone down or or what have you. That is, the conversation around it is not overwhelming and glowing like it it has been in the past so yeah i mean sometimes when it comes to like really hitting um you know big numbers a lot of that ties to repeat viewership and mm -hmm. word of mouth and um even though there's not a lot coming out in the next uh week or two i mean obviously the um uh top gun movie will probably win that weekend when it finally drops but there's not a there aren't a lot of big big players out right now 
And, you know, it just seem, might seem that overall, there's not a ton of enthusiasm for people getting in their rewatches. But who knows, right. maybe the drop from the second to third week will be, you know, much smaller than the drop from the first to the second. Julia, you had some thoughts. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, what's interesting with this is like, everyone was saying this was going to be the biggest Marvel one of the year, and I never really believed that. So it's like, I told you so. Yeah, yeah, you were right. You're right. Uh, I mean, it, it maybe was just a function of how many movies, um, sorry, how many months it had, had been since the uh, last movie that uh, we we, had, we were willing it into the event because of how long we were waiting, uh, especially. Well, I mean, them putting it in May makes it seem like it was meant, like if they marketed it like an event, like the movie did not play like one. So for what the movie was, I think it's doing well, but like for what it was marketed as, maybe it's a bit shy. Um, yeah, but like I was always like thinking Thor even because I know Black Panther definitely has a chance at like getting a billion. Oh, I could see why it might not, but like I think it will probably if it's good. Um, I was even thinking Thor could do better than this because like the last Thor was like eight hundred million, the last Doctor Strange was, like six hundred million, and so yeah. like if it goes up a bit, then that's where it would land because this Doctor Strange is supposed to be like anywhere from like eight ninety to nine thirty million, mm-hmm. which is. I mean, it'd be interesting if this was the first nine hundred million dollar one. Cause that hasn't really happened like anyone landing in there this could be it um yeah um i don't know just when i saw this movie it didn't scream billion dollars to me and i mean not everyone that makes it does because like for example captain marvel didn't either but like at least that that one was like kind of a milestone so i get why like this wasn't that this wasn't i don't know right and, and you know of course like we mentioned before with captain marvel because it was positioned between um and uh, between infinity war and endgame um, you know, it was important for the completionists among us um, to see the movie and get some insight into her role in the upcoming sequel. Um, yeah, so- and then there was the whole woman thing, which is what I was referring to. Yeah, that too. That one made a lot of women interested in actually going to see us. Like, I know a lot of women who weren't watching these and they're like, oh, we finally have a female lead one. Now I'm going to go see it. Now I'm going to watch the other one. So I think like that she had that effect. Black Panther had a similar effect, like getting in new demographics. And yeah. and a whole lot of men that went back for repeat viewing, so they could like be more uh, 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 better elaborate on their hate videos on YouTube. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, the, I mean, I, I do know hate watching is a thing, but that would be crazy if there was a this whole segment of people who are like. I want to spend all my money seeing this movie so I can hate on it. Look, there, <laughs> there are, there are literally people who make their whole, you know, their whole bread and butter is that I'm going to complain about every last one of these woke SJW comics, and at the same time, I turn around and and spend however many a hundred or whatever dollars buying the whole slate of DC or the whole slate of Marvel. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm buying the stuff, but uh, obviously it's not because I like it. I'm using it as, you know, whatever. So. But they get well, the Marvel gets the money either way. So like, yeah, exactly. So, hate money so still spends. So, <laughs> so thank you, I uh, guess. You know, yeah, um, that's the thing. And like, I think you were saying, Rainy, that, that my same thing might happen with Thor. But again, like, I think, like, again, that money would go towards the totals. Also, I think Thor is going to be better received than this one. Oh, I, I think so too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, the the last one was fairly well received. Obviously, there are a lot of Thor purists out there who, you know, just don't like. They're the a fact small that, minority. Yeah, they don't like the fact that Taika's spin on Thor is a little bit too uh, 
you know, irreverent for their tastes. But for the most part, I would say that the general opinion of Thor Ragnarok is that it's miles better than mm -hmm. the other two Thor movies. So for from that perspective, if it's if if what you can offer is more of the same, then we should expect at the very least the same box office for Thor Love and Thunder and maybe even more as you know you figure people watched it. Yeah, it's on. probably not gonna have China. That's the only thing. Because if it had China, I would say yes, this probably hits a billion Thor. But um, I feel like that's any movie now, right? Because China was usually good for I mean Marvel, I meant because yeah, China I know that's what I'm saying. That's why some things that might have made more won't make it. Like if if Doctor Strange had China, it would probably hit a billion. Exactly. Hmm. So we have to account for that. Now it's still already making more than the first one. So that is like that is a victory. How big that victory is, it's like questionable. But like, yes, it's a win, technically, and we're gonna get another one and it'll be great. Whatever. But um, right. yeah, there's that. Um, but with Thor, I think Thor is going to be better received. I think some of the people complaining about Ragnarok might like this one better. And I'm not going to get into why, but uh -oh. like Tyke is saying, it's going to be more emotional and stuff and like have more of that, like, you know, like um, heart to it. And like more, I'm not, it's not, he said it's not a serious film. He said that, but like more like stakes, I guess, that like are focused on rather than just kind of brushed over, I guess. Right. I mean, obviously, if since if the God Butcher is going to be playing a prominent role, you know, you figure that a, a strong villain that, um, you know, is going to be for the edgelords, they'll, they'll like seeing a bunch of gods getting mercilessly slaughtered. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just because we've even seen in the trailer, he's right, like Thor's looking at himself as very introspective. It's going to be more of that. It's going to have more of that, like, part to it, that um, emotional stakes. I suppose uh, more of that. So it might be less silly or like less just jokes. And so people who are complaining about that might be happier with this one, but I'm sure there's still gonna be a lot of jokes. So I'm sure people wanting comedy will still like this movie. I yeah. think this one's going to be a crowd pleaser. So I think I can see it doing well. Um, and, 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 you know, if, if there's any truth to what Randy said, uh, some of the he man women haters will have to see three, <laughs> three at four times to complain about how much they hate, uh, what's his name natalie portman uh as thor yeah. so yeah natalie portman you got valkyrie you got whoever else like the ladies in the gardens you're gonna have to watch it a few times to just get all your material for hating on yeah exactly <laughs> just keep on watching keep paying keep paying your money so that you can have something to hate on i understand exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um congrats to dr strange for beating the first one i guess um I'm sad at probably, I mean, I'm kind of sad at probably won't be hit a billion, but I'm also not sad because I don't think it deserves to hit a billion movie wise, but like with the expectations and everything, I do feel kind of bad, but yeah. I just, I mean, I guess there's a part of me that I've been hearing, you know, I, I listen to a lot of like industry uh, podcasts and read a lot of industry pieces and, you know, it's just kind of a, a bummer hearing all of the negative talk about like, is, is Marvel losing its touch? Is this going to like I got into an extended discussion with someone who was convinced or maybe he was just doing it for for content, but he was like Morbius is the is the thing that finally broke the consumer, you know, <laughs> like they saw uh, Morbius and they were like, I'm done with comic book movies. I was complaining about like the quality of MCU going down and said Morbius was their example. <laughs> I like I, I have to laugh at anybody who who sits there and genuinely thinks 
that any comic book movie person, like, I mean, we 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 kind of, you know, I, I kind of rag on sort of the, the state of fandom all the time, but I, I can't convince myself that, you know, these moviegoers, these comic fans or what have you, aren't at least getting some sort of consideration anytime they go to see these movies. Like, they're not just unilaterally saying that, you know, whatever movie, like, is not going to get my attention. It's not going to get my money. It's like each one as it comes, if it looks like it's something interesting, if it looks like it's something worthwhile, I'm going to give it my money. And even, even if it doesn't look like it's necessarily worthwhile, some of those people are still willing to give things a chance to be like, okay, well, maybe I can, you know, kind of have it uh, change my mind, hopefully. And, you know, yeah. so I, I feel like that's it's, it's sort of ridiculous to broad brush all of that as like one singular trajectory for you know the comic you know the state of comic book movies but i do think that there is an element um i do think there's an element of like among casual fans like really Mm -hmm. casual fans who and 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 i think the pandemic is also playing a role in this um Mm -hmm. who feel like they want to just be part of the culture and want to be part of the conversation yeah um you know like back when people used to have workplaces um, you know, back when people used to have like offices that they would all, um, you know, congl- um, you know, sort of get together, congregate in, you know, um, I definitely remember, you know, a few of us would be really into our comic movies and some people would be like, oh, I mean, I guess, I guess I should watch it since every, since that's what everybody's talking about, you know, um, yeah, there's so, that too. Yeah. you know, so I, so I do wonder if, if all it takes is a slight shift, right. You know, a, a slight adjustment to it's not the center of of pop culture and you know there's a certain segment of the population that just won't go see it because they don't need to anymore but but Um, at the same time i feel like it would require more than a slight shift to kind of get there like (laughs) have, have, have we like i think we all have encountered the same sort of nerd culture so like they're they're pretty incorrigible like even on stuff that they say that they hate whatever like it takes a lot to completely just be like nope i'm done i'm out and just not going to give it any oxygen at all right no 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 but i wasn't talking about people immersed in nerd culture i was more talking about people on the fringes of that where they might have yeah but uh, but but i'm saying i i only mentioned them just because like those people still have like they they still have conversations with people in nerd culture and people out of nerd culture right you know what i'm saying so it's like it's, it's not a matter of just um kind of us internally saying something or you know the the general the general audience still looks for stuff to do and you know they're kind of behind on what you know the latest complaint is or whatever about the mcu dceu or whatever so I, i think it would take a lot to to really like put it in their face that oh now everybody's kind of turning away from comic book movies simply because we don't really easily turn away from comic book movies and stuff. Yeah, that's true. But like I said, uh, you know, we have, we'll have a couple of months, well, less than two months, about a month and a half, I suppose, mm-hmm. until, until four. Um, we don't, unfortunately, we don't have a big DC movie also to, to think about um, in, yeah. in the interim. Yeah. When's the next one, October? Black Adam? Oh, we got Super Pets. But... Yeah, Super Pets. Yeah, let's all get hyped for Super Pets. Um, <laughs> we both um, have The Rock, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, it's got The Rock. It's got Kevin Hart. You know, it's it could be fun. But Yeah, it might be fun. 
But yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's, I, I think the animated ones are judged on a different standard than yeah. the than the live action ones. But yeah, as far as as far as live action is concerned, I think it is Black Adam, right in the fall. Black Adam and Shazam. Yeah. So not until October, we'll be well yeah, into yeah, Black our Adam, uh, Black Panther and then Shazam back to back to back months. Yeah, we'll be well into our fifth season of the racial draft uh, <laughs> when when we're uh, when we're talking about those movies. But um, but you know, I mean, this this is such as the the, the movie industry right now. Uh, they are they're trying to find hits, and I guess it's a good transition as any to another hit that they're trying that they're hoping that they're hoping will happen, and that is Avatar: The Way of the Water, um, James Cameron's long-awaited sequel uh, to the either number one or number two movie of all time, depending on. Uh, how who re-releases last Um, but uh 148.6 million views in the in the first 24 hours uh, including 23 million from china alone we just talked about china so maybe china will show up big for avatar like they did before yeah they probably will they'll show up for avatar and they'll show up for jurassic i think i think those are going to be the top two of the year um even if avatar doesn't get anywhere near its first the first um Gross. I still think it's going to do really well, obviously. Yeah, especially um, if it's good, you know? Yeah, if it's good, it's <laughs> the limit. You know, but one thing that I am concerned about is that um, 3D isn't what it used to be in terms of uh, a format for people seeing movies. Mm-hmm. The, you know, and, and the last one leaned super heavy on 3D as... Uh, creating that immersive experience so i haven't yet heard about whether you really need to see it in 3d to truly um you know to truly uh fall in love with this movie obviously we've got over six months before before it drops so we'll find out but we definitely didn't get the trailer in 3d or at least in my theater so that remains to be seen as to whether um it's going to capture that same energy of uh you know immer- again immersing the viewer in in the avatar world or or sorry uh pandora right pandora <laughs> yeah yeah and the navi um shout out to zoe saldana just continuing to uh be in these movies um, uh-huh. all she needs to do is to get into one of those fast movies uh before the end and she'll be you know she'll, she'll get a piece of almost all the franchises or the end that's that's cute <laughs> well i might as well transition into the fast movies because even though they don't have a director it doesn't mean they can't keep adding people to the cast because who gonna stop them you know <laughs> vin diesel is just trying to acquire all the pokemons and he's decided that he's going to add a, f- a star of jack reacher former star of titans former aquaman so that's two aquaman in the fast uh, in the Fast franchises, mm-hmm. uh, Fast X will have Alan Richson. Uh, I know you're an Alan Richson aficionado, Randy. So, what are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are inappropriate for broadcast, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm not a Fast and Furious uh, person, so you know, good luck to him. He, he um, Obviously, Alan Richardson is is blowing up, doing you know all kind of new projects and stuff like that. So I'm I'm happy to see a star rise. 
I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not much of a Fox fan either. Those movies, I think, make me dizzy whenever I've seen clips of them. So, I mean, not entirely my thing, but good for him. Hope it goes well. I mean, heard some things, but hope it goes well. Well, one thing I am feeling, one thing that does make me feel positive about uh, Richson is that he's good enough at playing unlikable. So if he is going to play an antagonist, um, I, I think that can work really well for him. Um, so chances are with so many people in the family, in the Fast and the Furious family, usually the way the formula works is that you start out as an antagonist, you fight Vin Diesel, he beats you up, and then in the next movie, you're part of the team. Um, so... I mean, uh, just, just from hearing about like the, the reviews of like Jack Reacher, um, he he kind of got sort of the the man crush, uh, you know, formula down. Apparently, some people, some guys are like, oh, mm, yeah, I really like him. And, you know, not not necessarily in like a, a romance kind of way, but just, you know, apparently he hit on something. So good for him. I think you were just happy that Jack Reacher wasn't Tom Cruise anymore. Um, <laughs> And, you know, as a, as a fellow short King, I, I should have a problem with this, but, but I, I'll let it, I'll let it rock. Cause Alan Richardson, you know, he's, he's been in the game for a minute. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember when he was in that, was that Blue Mountain State? Was that the name of the show that he was on? Yes. <laughs> you know, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got action chops. He's got comedy chops, you know, he can play good. He can play bad. I'm happy for him. Uh, speaking of blockbusters with that are probably a little bit more questionable than uh fast uh godzilla versus kong part two i mean they couldn't do better than that seriously um, <laughs> not like the rematch the, the i don't know whatever godzilla kong 2 did you did you guys like godzilla versus kong one i, I haven't seen, seen it. it i haven't seen it i i, I mean i had you know, I, I, the whole timeline was full of people who were like rooting for Godzilla, obviously. Um, but yeah, I I'm interested to try it. I just haven't seen it. Wait, did you say they were rooting for Godzilla? Yes. I thought <laughs> I thought we just I thought we had come together as black people and said we we're always rooting for Kong. I I don't. I see. I I'm not gonna make the obvious comment <laughs> there. I'm I'm gonna leave that layup right there, y'all y'all. <laughs> just saying i thought i thought this i thought the memo went around went around for that I, i'm i'm shocked um uh, somewhere somewhere joe rogan just felt a tingle joe rogan can't root for Kong. <laughs> <laughs> that's not on brand um but um i mean I, I mean it was on hbo max for free when when the first you know the first one so i had assumed that you you know you got a you got a chance to see it. Well, this version of it is going to have Dan Stevens. Uh, he of Legion fame and mm-hmm. um, I guess Beauty and, of Beauty and the Beast. Was, was that a thing? <laughs> Not for me, it wasn't. Julia, do you have Dan Stevens thoughts? Um, Not really. Um, I do kind of recognize him. I'm Googling him. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. No, it's all right. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, given that I, like I said, I only know him from Legion, where he was really good, but he can't be playing Legion on everything. So that, I think that is where 
as far as movie news is concerned, I think that's the uh, the the gamut as far as blockbusters. We'll have to move into some some more disappointing news as we talk about television. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's been it was a pretty rough week for uh, if you were fans of returning uh, shows, especially returning comic book shows. Um, uh, Modoc uh, from Hulu. Randy, did you watch Modoc when it was on? Mm -mm. You did not. Well. You will be happy to know that there is no more Modoc for you to watch. You can just watch that one season <laughs> and be done with it because it is not coming back for a season two. Julia, did you see Modoc? <clears throat> no, I didn't. Maybe I should have. I mean, it's, you know, I don't think they're going to take it off of Hulu. I just think, that, you know, they're just not going to make any more of it. Um, obviously, yeah, it was one of the uh, series that had been produced by Jeff Loeb as part of the uh, Offenders Initiative, which ended up. Uh, being very much a grand opening, grand closing situation, uh -huh. um, as two of the four offenders shows got canceled before they even debuted. But Modoc was, you know, uh, Patton Oswald in a uh, clay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's more like a stop motion animation style. But um, it was weirdly, weirdly pretty comic accurate as far as uh, the storylines and the characters. Uh, even amongst the absurdity of the of the premise, which was Modoc being trying to be a family man while also being a supervillain, um, I liked it. Um, but unfortunately, one and done for Modoc. Mm. Um, also, one and done, Naomi. Um, not returning to the CW for season two. There was some um, con not concern, but some uh, hope in terms of them continuing to shop the show and hopefully try to get uh, HBO Max to pick it up for season two. Randy, I know you were a fan of Naomi. Um, what are your thoughts about the cancellation? Yeah, um, it's it's really unfortunate that, I don't know, it's just like, I, I have mixed feelings because I, I obviously, I hate to see the show go. I hate to see Naomi go. It's really like, for me, I enjoyed it. But, you know, the quality kind of wasn't there in terms of VFX, in terms of dialogue. Um, and and you also kind of have the, the feeling of, of, you know, just knowing generally that um, there's a lot of uh, house cleaning being done in terms of, of other shows being canceled. So just, um, yeah, I just felt like a very unfortunate situation. I, I didn't really feel like there was too much particular investment by the, the folks who kind of were behind the scenes helping make the show, even though I did feel like there was effort on, on the part of the actors and, and whatnot. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess I sort of felt that because, you know, it not being connected to the Arrowverse was mm -hmm. kind of, was both a, a gift and a curse. Because yeah. on one hand, it didn't have the, um, the interest uh, because of that connectivity of people, other fans of those other shows needing mm -hmm. to tune in. But on yeah. the other side of it, as those shows started to fall by the wayside, and as it began to become clear that there that most of those shows, if if not mm -hmm. all of them, aren't going to make the trip over to HBO Max, that this show being kind of its own thing might have uh, might create a little bit more hope um, because of their willingness, potentially, potential willingness mm -hmm. to have a show that's not connected to anything else. 
um, doing its own thing. But like you said, in terms of quality um, and in terms of budget and special effects, it may not have been up to par. I mean, I know for me personally, uh, I've, I'm still watching the show, but I'm very many episodes behind. Um, um, I do plan to finish out the string, but now that I know that it's probably not coming back, um, I don't feel as compelled. No. Well, I'm I'm glad I didn't comment on because I was about to say like the 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 script didn't really improve until I would say the the latter um, portion of the season, uh, you know. So I'm happy I didn't go into detail about the mm. actual <laughs> event <laughs> therein. Yeah. I mean, one thing about the show that I think um, was very curious: um, the book itself that it was based on mm-hmm. wasn't a big mega hit um and you know the turnaround from when the when the comic came out and when the show came out was pretty short um and it's i would say that it's just a statement about the pitfalls of doing an adaptation when you don't have a lot of source material to adapt i mean i i agree with that but i also would say that um there is potential there um, to kind of take advantage of the fact that the character is merely a blank slate. Like we we don't have a whole lot that um, like a whole lot of specifics. I'll put it that way. We don't have a whole lot of specifics that sort of define her her power set. She doesn't have like an iconic arc yet. Mm-hmm. So could have avoided the sort of you know fan backlash or what have you by saying, okay, whatever happens in the comics happens in the comics, but we're gonna do our own thing with the show. Um, it certainly worked in terms of like how, how people received Legends of Tomorrow. They didn't try to like, you know, bust down the doors over, oh, you didn't adapt, blah, 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 whatever timeline. So they- Yeah, but, but to be out. fair, Legends of Tomorrow also suffered from, even when the show was really good, it mm-hmm. was consistently one of the lowest rated uh, shows. Um, you know, in part because obviously the first season wasn't very good, but but I just think that when I think that sometimes when you have a dedicated uh, fan base from the comics, mm-hmm. they can point to um, well, I know this storyline is good. I know this this event from the comics is cool, and I'm here for that. You know, when you don't have that, then it really does put it all on the show. Yeah, but I I I agree, but at the same time it's like I mean, how how long have they been trying to do these adaptations? Like in in recent years we've actually gotten um you know, show episode titles or movie titles that will say Crisis on Infinite Earths or or Infinity War and it's not going to be a one-to-one perfect no. creation. So No, but, I mean, but 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 the thing is those those do increase the ratings, right? Those do create the buzz. You know, if you can say, uh, you know, even even a show like Black Lightning that didn't have a lot of uh, major connections to anything else on the show on the on the on the network, you know, they still had the ability to introduce characters from the comics who might have fan followings. Yeah, and you know, I I, I do I think it helps. Obviously, if the show was excellent. I mean, right. we saw that we saw that with uh, Watchmen, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Watchmen was a wholly original storyline that was grew out of 
a a comic that was beloved and 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 that was an example of where people were on board for the ride but right. that was also an example of where you know high level creatives and big budgets on a big network were behind the show and it was more of a prestige show that happened to be a comic show more so than uh, a comic show um sort of succeeding in that um you know in that genre on its own right yeah i agree and it, it's just i i, I it felt like the support behind the scenes was not really there um yeah. even even in terms like you know the the quality of the dialogue and the quality of the vfx aside i didn't i mean maybe it's just me but again i i didn't really even feel it in terms of the advertising part or mm -hmm. or sort of you know um at least the show kind of i don't know i Anyway, but yeah, I, I just didn't feel it. And so as, as much as I kind of saw it coming, especially when we already had the previous cancellations, it still supremely sucked. Yeah. Um, and, you know, shout out to Ava DuVernay. I mean, mm -hmm. I know she was instrumental in getting this show on television. Um, you know, she she did some writing on it. She executive produced it. And who knows, maybe her clout um, will give it another shot. But for now, let's pour one out for Naomi. Julia, do you have any thoughts about Naomi before mm -hmm. we move on? Not really. Um, I guess I'm disappointed that it's canceled because like this is like the second Ava DuVernay DC project that like, well, I mean, Naomi got off the ground, but like New Gods got canned and I'm sad about that. So, you know, yeah. I want to see her. I want to see something she's involved in like really thrive. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah, we might as well talk about the, uh, you know, we I think of a few weeks back when we talked about the CW potentially being sold, we had um, broached the topic of, of them ordering substantially fewer shows and, and a lot of those shows being on the, the brink of cancellation. And this was the other shoe dropping as, uh, let's see if I can uh, get them all. Charmed, Dynasty, Roswell, New Mexico, 4400, Naomi, mm -hmm. Uh, Legacies, Tom Swift. I'm oh, sorry. No, these shows have not yet to be determined. Legacies, Tom Swift, and Stargirl. But In the Dark has also been canceled. Um, one and done. Um, what else? Oh, yes. Um, Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow. Aforementioned Legends of Tomorrow. Did, did you mention the 4400? I did mention, yeah, I did mention the 4400. So, um, you know, we we know that Superman and Lois was picked up for another season, and we know that The Flash was picked up for its final season. Um, uh, fast forward. Was it confirmed that it's the final season? No, they 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 confirmed that it was like it, that they would have another season, but I think they're still mulling it over too. Oh, you're talking about The Flash? I mean, I think yeah. I think Grant Gustin was only. Um, I think Grant Gustin was only extended for one more year, so it's going to yeah, it be hard. It would be hard to have the Flash without the Flash, but right. But I do understand. Yeah, they did not make it official right. that, it, that it's going to be the final season. But I think with the writing, I think the writing is on the wall. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, nothing feels safe at this point. You know, everything's basically gotten the axe. And so it's not like, you know, oh, yeah, Flash, we're going to, hopefully they're going to take us to our 10th seat. Like, yeah, no, no, this feels like. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, 
Stargirl is an interesting case because that is a that is a show that started on um, on DC Universe was mm-hmm. brought to CW. Um, I didn't I haven't watched the the last season. Were there many connections made to to the uh, Arrowverse? They they introduced um, their version of Jay Garrick and that was it. Um, but not the same Jay Garrick, right? I mean, yeah, I'm assuming that it's not the same Jay Garrick. But yeah, I mean, it, again, even even Stargirl, it's it's entirely possible that her moving from DC Universe over to the CW was like an experimental move. And like they're trying to see what works and trying to see what brings in new followers um, and seeing that it doesn't necessarily bring them a huge boom. Again, that doesn't like nothing feels safe at this point. Genuinely, nothing feels safe except arguably Superman and Lois. Even Superman and Lois. I mean, look, I think that. I've I've, we have sung the praises of that show from a quality standpoint Mm -hmm. but um I I still wonder if if it has enough to stand on its own as on a streaming platform um right (laughs) yeah exactly everything here we've kind of gotten used to the idea that that sort of I mean I don't know necessarily that I could say uh authoritatively that it's the CW's bread and butter, but it certainly was like a staple there that you could sort of uh, expect to be there, at least if not the main ones that you know of, then maybe some other things would sort of spin out of it. We had that whole time period where we were kind of like, oh, Green Arrow on the Canaries and oh, Painkiller coming out of Black Lightning. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but now they're just like, nah, (laughs) we're we're good, actually. We we have other things in mind. Yeah, and part of that has to do with what we had talked about before, just the economics of how CW operated uh, before mm-hmm. there was a streaming platform, before, sorry, two streaming platforms, because we always forget that it's both a Warner and a Paramount property. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are basically the two parents used to co-produce shows that they could sell to uh, foreign markets. Now that they're that the foreign markets aren't what they what they used to be, and it's really about providing content for streamers. Um, the if the argument between, you know, should I just should we just produce a show for Paramount Plus outright, or produce a show for uh, HBO Max outright versus even putting money into into mm-hmm. CW? You know, that generally is not a lot of money anyway. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I mean, I think that. I just think that the economics have shifted that there may not be the same kind of appetite for a moderately budgeted superhero show made in Vancouver that, um, you know, is going to get about a million, uh, a million uh, linear viewers and then find its way on, on Netflix or what have you. Hmm. Um, Which is a shame, but, you know, especially with this new, with the new owners, um, I, I read something over the week that said that they're they would be interested in taking over the uh, CW seed uh, just to have a streamer. And you know, I don't know if you've ever used CW seed, Randy, but it's 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 not a top tier streaming platform. It, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've used it, and eh, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, 
But I guess if you don't have, I guess if you don't have a streaming platform, uh, CWC is better than nothing. Um, I should mention that even though a lot of shows got canceled, three shows were in fact um, were in fact greenlit. The massacre. <laughs> uh, no, these are three new shows: uh, Supernatural and Walker prequels, um, mm. as well as a show called Gotham Knights, which is not connected in any way to the Gotham Knights uh, video game. That is very confusing. I know. Um, so yes, the show is called Independence, Walker Independence, and that's going to take place in the 1800s. Um, and then the Winchesters is going to be the supernatural prequel uh, focused on John and Mary, uh, the parents of the titular Winchesters. I have not watched, I've never watched a Walker or a uh, supernatural. Uh, Julie, have you watched either of those shows? I've seen like a bit of Supernatural, like barely anything, but you know, I was around Tumblr when Destiel was like the biggest thing, so <laughs> I'm aware of it. When what was the biggest thing? Destiel. I have no idea what that is. The characters Dean Winchester and Cassiel, the angel, as like a couple, and people wanted it, and then they finally like had one of them confess to the other their love in one of the last episodes and then got sent to super hell right after. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. There's like super hell. I mean, it's, it's funny because I actually like uh, when, when supernatural was first announced, my, my feeling was immediately, I have to watch the thing because it's, they are hunting monsters and like, it kind of ties into like my Scooby-Doo feelings and kind of like my, my mythology feelings. So I was like, yes, I want to watch the thing. And I ended up falling off before the, the first season even completed. So like, by the time I turned around, it was like, oh, it's season, you know, 11 or whatever. And I've, you know, they've gone on to angels and demons and God and hell and like, okay. I think they went 15 seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they were the um, long, yeah. longest running CW show, right? Yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, that show ended up having a I think a different demographic than they were the original target. Yeah, yeah. And and like I said, the final show was the Gotham Knight show, which is uh Batwoman writers, Chad Five Ash, uh James Stodoro, and Natalie Abrams. And it's not part of the Arrowverse. It's not connected to Batwoman. I mean, what what even is there to be said in that regard at this point? Because it's like, you know, they, they it seems now that they're kind of like ready to sort of wean us off or not even necessarily wean, just kind of snatch it away. But, you know, get us away from the idea of, of the Arrowverse being a thing. They just kind of want to have superhero shows if they want to do that but still have the freedom to kind of move in their own circle or or what have you because star girl is not going to happen in terms of crossing over with superman and lois like who expects that to happen or or flash or, or whatever like they're going to be their own thing and it's you know we're, we're down to uh a a superman show <laughs> And a, a Batman show, so good for them <laughs> being able to move beyond their bread and butter. Imagine that, and the Flash, and the Flash. <laughs> um, so, uh, shout out to Supergirl, not 
being acknowledged on the Superman show. Sadly, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, I th- I, this this wasn't part of the docket, but apparently they the people the the cast and the writers of uh, Supergirl tried to pitch a uh, Supergirl season, not a spinoff, but a season uh, mm-hmm. that that wouldn't have Supergirl in it. Um, suffice to say, that didn't didn't work out. I mean, he, they they could have at least like pitched a, a Martian Manhunter show. I mean, obviously it wouldn't have been satisfied. Well, like a like a either a Martian Manhunter show, which you know, to to varying uh, 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 approval, or like a Legion of Superhero show. Neither one of those would have worked, but you know, at least they could have. I don't know. It, it's just that the idea of of saying that it's still Supergirl, um, rather than say a Dreamer spinoff. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. It, yeah, uh, who who expected anything other than the reply they got? I mean, I know Legends of Tomorrow already has that niche, but like, I feel like a a show that just brought together all of the um, supporting characters from all the canceled shows. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I, okay. So so you you were laughing, but. Uh, Again, I, I've been kind of hoping for either either the CW or HBO Max, one of them doing like a checkmate show. I think that, you know, that was that was kind of my feeling after after Arrow ended. I'm like, okay, well, what happened to all of these mercenaries and vigilantes and stuff? Like, why are they just like, you know, spreading out to the four winds? You could potentially, if you were so inclined, do a show with a, a recast, more visually accurate Amanda Waller. <laughs> And alongside um, uh, Curtis Holt, uh, Mr. Terrific, sort of running this spy agency and, and have that kind of sexy intrigue and stuff for those kind of characters, but then have another show. Well, now they, we do have the Amanda Waller, um, you know, right, like, that, Max that, show. Like, like before, before that was announced, like, you know, right. that was, oh, but, you know, you could have had a show like that. And likewise, you could have had like a, a, a DEO. I mean, we, we were done with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, they could have had some kind of TV sort of something to fill in that gap that, that dealt with like aliens and supernatural stuff. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, CW is winding down. And, um, you know, we hardly knew you. We hardly yeah. knew you. Let's try to shift into some, you know, positive news. Uh, doesn't involve movies or TV. It involves webtoons. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, it was announced that uh, there will be a, a uh, new uh, collaboration with DC on the webtoon platform. Uh, they they had a, earlier they had a um, Batman Wayne Family Adventures uh, title which I never got to never got to read. It's but, so uh, freaking good. It's still it? going strong. It's like. Uh, 30 something issues in and it comes out weekly on I believe either Tuesday or Wednesday so like right around the time the new comics um, will release in stores but it is so good it's Interesting. so awesome maybe, maybe we will look into trying to figure out how to uh, incorporate these uh, webtoons into our scoring in uh, upcoming seasons but not right now however <laughs> the announcement involves a character that you might know named uh mari jaiwe aka vixen mm-hmm. she's about to get herself a series on webtoon vixen nyc 
So uh, did, w- were you aware of this, Randy? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready. Like they announced it maybe like a, uh, they announced it a little while back, but for them to actually start doing it rather than kind of letting it fall into the background and, and pretend that it never happened, I'm happy <laughs> they're moving forward with it. Yeah, so there's a Vixen series that will uh, be the first one, and then there will be a Red Hood series, and then a Zatanna series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, shout out to uh, to Webtoons and DC, you know, trying to do what they can to expand the footprint of their of their heroes. Now, see those other two I didn't know about. So, okay, good news. So, I think I think that covers I think that covers all our news. Um, oh, one more story, not comic book related, but still nerd related. Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. David Tennant, Catherine Tate will be returning to the fold. Uh, probably just for one special. But um, many people's favorite doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the 10th doctor. And, yep. um, and yeah, Catherine Tate, Donna. I, uh, I, yeah, I enjoyed them together. Uh, do you guys, are you guys big Whovians? I feel like I've asked that before. I, I love me some Doctor Who, yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we got our news about, about uh, Shute Gatwa um, as the Black Doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, I guess you've heard about the basketball player uh, named Time Lord, and they're like, no, 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 we, we have to have a Black Time Lord as well. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I feel, I've colored people Time Lord, as we say. Um, <laughs> like, but um, yeah, good news. Good news for the Who, for the Who franchise. So here for it. Got to got to start catching up on Doctor Who so that I can get get in on on the new season. Are the Doctors aware of each other in the Doctor Who verse? There there have been a number of times where they have come I mean, because they're the same person, but at the same time they also like are constantly sort of, yeah yeah they're constantly revisiting the same times just like in their different iterations. So they will be like, oh, we had a time where it's like the, I think it was the 10th, 11th, and 12th or, or something. Like they, they did, I think it was like a 50 anniversary. Mm-hmm. Like I remember that. that. It was, it was um, right before to actually introduce the 12th Doctor, we got, I think it was the 9th, 10th, and 11th to kind of swoop in and, and fight together against the big bad and then oh surprise surprise we got the eyebrows of the 12th doctor showing that he was also joining the play yeah i gotta pop off in a sec well thank you julia it's always a pleasure um do you have any final thoughts any um you know things that pieces that you're working on for the listeners to check out um well i have that michael waldron interview for those who haven't seen it yet yeah and where can they find that at um, well, it's right. It's there's a link pinned at the top of my Twitter at Julia Dalbell, so you can go watch it there. Um, and in the meantime, I'm getting ready to cover Rescue Rangers and Bob's Burgers. That'll be fun. Okay. Yeah. So see you guys soon, hopefully. Yeah. See you guys soon. Uh, check out Julia Dalbell. Uh, all the places that you can read and see videos. Just go to my Twitter. You'll see it in the bio. It's all good. Okay. Well, we get to move on to racial draft business. 
And uh, we had a good week um, with the supplemental draft. We we got our we got our ten picks in, which I will summarize in kind before uh, going through the. Uh... Hey, Carlos. Hello. <laughs> hey, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to say quiet because I don't know if I've been introduced or not. But then I had a question about Doctor Who. So uh, yes, we have been joined by uh, returning champion uh, Carlos Freitas Jr. That's of it. the Latinx delegation. Um, returning, possibly already. <laughs> it's all very much. Look, we are the midway point of the season. So there is more than enough time for you to be overtaken. Um, you know, we don't want to count. We don't want to From count our chickens. To God's ears. We don't want to count our chickens, but. As anybody you know. who's watching the NBA today can attest, <laughs> being the. Uh, the favorite going in is not necessarily as I look at the 40 point deficit of the number one seed right now. <laughs> Best team right? in basketball all year. Getting oh ass, my God. Ass whooping. <laughs> On their home court. <laughs> wow. That is a rough, that is, that's called karma for the racist owner of the Suns. <laughs> you know, rise of, well, no, but then again, they're getting beat by a team with a white superstar. So maybe it's not karma. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although, yeah, I, I would say Mark Cuban is probably very heavily invested in NFTs and crypto. So he's probably, this is the highlight of his month right now. <laughs> All right. So let's go through it. The 10 picks, I'll, I'll summarize the 10 picks and then we can, we can start, we can uh, go. So the Swana Mena delegation, uh, drafted Layla Elfaouli, the Scarlet Scarab. The Polynesian delegation drafted Rom, the Space Knight. The white delegation drafted Joseph Crusher Hogan. The South Asian delegation drafted Zandra Naramani. The Native American delegation drafted Kareem, aka Red Dagger. More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> Multiracial delegation drafted Norman Osborne the Green Goblin, the Black delegation drafted Blacker Bolt, um, Blackagar Boltagon, that is his, that is his full name. Um, mama named him Blackagar, I'm gonna call him Black. <laughs> the um, East Southeast Asian delegation drafted Marcus Sun, the Monkey Prince, again, happy not Drafted by the black delegation, um, the Jewish Correct. delegation, <laughs> the Jewish delegation uh, selected Celine Gallio, uh, the psychic vampire. I think that's right. And mm -hmm. the Latinx delegation drafted themselves a Groot. Yes, we will go pick by pick. We'll start with the superstar that is Lila Fauli. Uh, those of you who watched. Moon Knight, know that she has taken things by storm. What you guys think about it? I am here for it. They are going for like, you know, uh, fan art is just coming out the woodwork all over the place. Um, and I, I sincerely hope that we get to see Layla for you. We, we genuinely need to see her. Like it's just, I, that is like, I, I don't do drugs, but if I needed anything else, Right now, that would be one of the things that I beg for. Yeah, I think it was a, a natural, a natural pick because, mm -hmm. like, she's she's a star character, even if she doesn't exist in the comics yet. So, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the clamor for her to debut in the comics is, mm-hmm. is starting, the momentum is starting to build, you know, so from that perspective, that's, you know, this is, they're, they're getting her, you know, on the upswing. I kind of wouldn't even, you know, broaden it out a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if people wanted Harrow in the comics again, like a yep. reimagined Harrow. Yeah. I mean, I, mean just- I just feel like where Harrow ended up, um, in the show yeah yeah in the sure. show like there's you know it's one of those things where it's like you could create another character like harrow without you know without making Harrow. plus i i also think that with him a lot of that came down to um the performer you know came down to sure. ethan hawk um there are more than enough white cult leaders uh <laughs> that could be brought into the fray <laughs> but um no, I mean, like I said, I fingers crossed that that we'll get an announcement that she will make a debut, that they'll fast track her into into comics, or they'll announce even you know even announce a project for her in the um, you know I mean, further MCU. Even even like just an Infinity comic, I, I mean, scoring or not, like even if it was just like oh she you know is is a co-starring role in in Moon Knight comic or what have you just I think that it would be really unwise of them to pass up the goodwill that they have you know the the potential to garner from introducing this character 100% 100% so uh, currently from an approval perspective uh, sitting at 100% but there's still a day left you know so don't be the don't be that person don't be that person (laughs) that that disapproves when you know that you should be approving there, there is enough Islamophobia. There is enough xenophobia in the world. We need some love right now. I agree. Um, but what about, uh, so how did you guys feel about Rom? Um, I, um, I, I, I honestly, I don't know anything about him other than just kind of seeing the character in passing. Yeah, like, so, I mean, I was a little bit befuddled until I realized that uh, his origin uh, has him be a, like a person that subjects himself to a process that turns him into a robot space knight. Mm. So, you know, oh. obviously, obviously he could be Polynesian, uh, at least, you know, uh, he's obviously on an alien planet, but he could still he could be an alien planet of Polynesians. Um, so, you know, it works. Uh, obviously, as we, we as we always say from the Tomati of the Polynesian delegation, when can we get a backstory? When can we get these? We're we're desperate for these cultural elements, you know, to find out, you know, what it means. What does Rom the Space Knight mean? Polynesian Rom mean to you? Right. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Yeah. So currently sitting at 100% approval rating. Um, you know, but we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, white delegation did their uh, white delegation thing, which was uh, stay in the realm of pro wrestling. Uh, Crusher Hogan, uh, not Bonesaw McGraw, not Bonesaw, uh, not Bonesaw. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, pro wrestler fought Spider Man. Uh, I think somewhere down the line he got superpowers and fought him again um over two against spider-man but uh why they named him bonesaw in the movie right like (laughs) couldn't be hogan 
I think it's ironic that they got Macho Man to play a guy that that was originally named Hogan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, yeah, both a Crusher and a Hogan. You can't really get more gen- generic of uh, pro wrestling uh, pro wrestling names. But yeah, Bonesaw McGraw, um, more iconic, I think, than uh, Crusher Hogan, in my opinion. But in, oh, either, yeah. in, in any event, still white, still white. And I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean, we're still, we're still licking our wounds from, from white El Muerto, um, <laughs> a.k.a. Anton, Antonio Banderas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, actually, you know, I'm going to do some housekeeping with some of the, you know, wh- while we go down the list. Uh, I'll start naming some of the uh, characters from the last week and their approval ratings just so we can stay on on, on task. Uh, so uh, Latino Iceman settled in at 77%. Right. Latino Multiple Man, 82%. Latina Tigra, 88%. Uh. Latina Naomi, 65%. Tough week, for Tough week for Naomi. <laughs> Tough week for Naomi. 81% approval for Latinx Deathlock. Uh, 89% yeah. for Latino Lobo. That one. That's, <laughs> that is, that is, that is, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to, I'm going to rally, you know? <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, 54% approval rating for white Marielle, uh, 50% approval rating for white Maggie Kyle, 58% approval rating for white Richard Fisk. That one, that one threw me. That is me. I figured, you know, I mean, he's the son of the son of a crime boss who thinks that he deserves, uh, who deserves it because of whose daddy is. It feels, feels very, very Caucasian. Yeah. Um, maybe he should have been named um... Richard. Richard W. Fisk probably is uh, what, <laughs> what should have happened there. Um, he's the, uh, the, the, the Christopher oh. Walken's son in Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. No, dad. No, I'll do Get to safety, dad. The, the Megan McCain of the crime world. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, Crusher Hogan currently sitting at 66.7%. Gonna go down vote that now. <laughs> oh, wow. It's it's Crusher Hogan. <laughs> Crusher Hogan, Randy. Like, what else? What else is it gonna be? <laughs> uh, the South Asian delegation. They got Zandra from the Shi'ar Empire. The uh, Zandra Neramani. I got listen. You know, just just saying. I wouldn't be surprised to find out that South Asians uh, colonized space way back when um, <laughs> with, with, you know, with the royal family's name, Naramani. You know, I'm pretty so. sure that's history. I think that happened. <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, listen, the Shi'ar Empire, they're, they've, they're getting up to some stuff in the comics right now. Um, she is also the daughter. Uh, she's the daughter of Lilandra Naramani, rest in peace. And uh, and Professor X, so she has uh, Shi'ar powers and mental powers. I remember as a kid, like you know, '90s X Men, and just feeling like 
it always got unruly when you started bringing in space empires and it was like the two things space empires and time travel and the mcron mm-hmm. crystal i was just like i just it's just it was already so complicated <laughs> it was already so many factions of mutants and now there's like a shiar empire and cable is older than his father and strife is the clone of this older like it like i was like as a child it's like i okay whatever don't forget Longshot is also both he he's both shadow star's father and shadow star's son jesus yeah. christ weirdly, <laughs> weirdly enough the Pauline de- delegation did not uh, do the family chaining there um that i, I mean I <laughs> it was like an oversight <laughs> yeah exactly but um yeah i mean i i i didn't I definitely remember being thinking it was convoluted, but I was also like, you know, a little bit older, teenager, mm-hmm. and seeing like, all right, well, how far are they going to take this? I know, I know how far, I know how deep the rabbit hole goes in the comics. Like, are they doing this on a chat on a on a Saturday morning cartoon? They're, right. They're really trying to say that's ambitious. That's ambitious. <laughs> you know, it's going to be interesting to see when they bring back the uh, X Men uh, ninety seven on Disney Plus. Uh, how much they're going to streamline and how much they won't. I got to say that this, the, the little comments that have been coming out from people who have apparently seen the first episode of X-Men 97, I don't know if they, these are people who've worked on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all that generic, like, you're not ready for this or whatever. But for some reason, and maybe it's just optimism, like, I believe them with this one. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't normally, you know, when you see, like, Stephen King praise the new adaptation <laughs> of his latest movie, you're, I'm always like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> by that but like with this and people like you don't understand this is gonna like blow your mind that sounds i that sounds believable that that checks out for me now what i'm wondering is obviously you know one of the things with marvel is that there's the whole like shifting timeline thing Mm -hmm. you know so like time moves in real time faster than it moves in comics so if so if so most of the people think of the old x-men cartoon as x-men 92 mm-hmm. if this is x-men 97 is it five years later in the universe or is it like what what where we were in 97 uh as x-men fans you know what i mean like is it 97 storylines or is it uh where the logical progression of those storylines would be in five years like almost like you know how young justice does a time jump uh and then the characters are where they logically would be in three or four years i'm not even gonna lie like i couldn't even tell you and i watched that show religiously x-men 92 i don't remember the storylines like i remember one time the mansion was destroyed in Gambit. <laughs> one time? Well, one I just time? like, I remember specifically like one gag where like Wolverine said something flippant to Gambit and Gambit like charged a brick and like someone stopped him. <laughs> but like, but like, honestly, I don't remember like long form storytelling on that show except for like Beast was in jail and then for like two episodes he wasn't. Um, but I, I really don't remember like, the through lines of of you know like was it telling it wasn't telling one story like i don't know no 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 it wasn't it wasn't i mean but they did have arcs i mean they had a they had a a cable arc like you said mm-hmm. they had a, a dark phoenix arc um 
Yeah, it seemed like like little, you know, three episode yeah. storylines. And they tried to bring in, you know, they tried to bring in as many X-Men as they could, even if they had that sort of like core team. Um, like obviously there was morph. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, so because that's because that's the thing. Like they could if they wanted to, they could just just blow out the entire X-Men mythos. And even though it's called X-Men 97, it could involve, um, you know, X-Force, X-Factor, X-Caliber. Yeah, they they have a uh, a, a house of whatever it is comic that just came out. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how, how, you know, how much that factors into what, you know, happened actually on the show or how much they kind of just um, built out the storyline, you know, so... I am kind of wondering, like, is this cartoon going to be more important than we realize, like, in terms of MCU storytelling? Like, so, mm-hmm. you know, shameless plug, shameless plug, but I, I may have a piece uh, dropping in the next uh, 24 hours or so um, that uh, posits that that the final two universes um, in the, like, ongoing uh Secret Wars, Time Runs Out, Incursions, End <laughs> of All Things storyline will come down to uh, our uh, MCU 616 and the X-Men universe that by the, that if they do a couple seasons of the show, uh, sort of reboot the franchise and get us right back in the realm of loving the X-Men like we did before, that when they... When there's an incursion in that animated universe and there's an incursion in the live action universe, uh, they'll they'll cast some live action people to uh, to play those animated roles and do uh, a big event that is X-Men versus Avengers or whoever else, (laughs) you know, uh, and 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 make all the money, make all the money. (laughs) Yep. I mean, I, I honestly like. You know, from the time, you know, years ago when everyone was like, how are they going to do X-Men in the MCU? How do you explain that they haven't been there? Um, That was always the cleanest way was to be like, well, they're just going to be from another universe and they'll they'll merge it. So like if this begins that, like X-Men 97 begins the storytelling of merging X-Men universes until we get one clean X-Men. Yeah. And the thing is, it never made sense it never made sense for me to do it with the Fox X-Men um, because the right. Fox X-Men universe is terrible. Uh, <laughs> right. <but> like, <laughs> why would you want to, why would you want to, you know, put that chocolate in your peanut butter, you know? Um, the but thing if, was, like the Fox X-Men universe it, might be let's... terrible in terms of the stories, but the casting was like more or less. Well, well, well let's, let, sure. let's, be, let's be clear. Um, of, of those two, of the analogy there, they are the peanut butter that would be <laughs> chocolate. No, no, no. You see, I was thinking it was just spoiled, spoiled chocolate. So like, you're like, ooh, chocolate, you know, you dip it in the peanut butter and you're like, ooh, ooh, this, no, ooh, no, this is. This is not good chocolate. Why, why did I? Why did I ruin both the chocolate and the peanut butter? <laughs> like, but whereas you know, if they have you know a couple seasons to really, I mean, because a, most people, you know, notwithstanding a couple of things that they did that made it 
not quite comic accurate. Most people feel like the X-Men were done justice, um, you know, in on the animated series. Mm-hmm. So if if that becomes the the X-Men universe that gets merged into the MCU, I don't think people would have nearly as many objections than you know, having to crystallize the bad choices made in the Fox X-Men universe, mm-hmm. you know? And again, if, if it is a Secret Wars type situation, if it is a uh, all things come to an end, uh, end of all things uh, universe, then you can do the stunt castings if you want, like you said, you know, some of the castings were on point. If you want to bring in Hugh Jackman for like one, one movie or one, you know, segment, and then have and then recast afterwards Mm -hmm. um people would be amenable to that because it's it's going to be a different universe anyway Mm -hmm. you know so it gives them the best of both worlds it gives them the opportunity to to clean up the x-men continuity um under the purview of marvel creatively while also um then cleaning the slate um clearing the slate so that when they uh, reorient the entire universe, it can be, um, you know, fresh castings and and uh, new looks, and the continuity could still somewhat be there, just mm-hmm. where it needs to be. Yep. But so that's my theory. I don't know uh, how it's going to play out, but you know, I think that I think that it's not. If if the end game, so to speak, is that everything's going to get blown up and rebuilt again, then, you know, this allows them to have one big massive event before that happens. Yeah. So yep. there's an X-Men 92 Krakoa comic going on right now. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten into it um, because yeah, I haven't touched it. But like, yeah. I wonder if that'll if that has anything like if that it seems right, weird. right that's that's what i was referring to like the the i think it's like house of they have it like roman numeral so i'm assuming that it's uh the roman numeral for 97 <laughs> i hope that's mm-hmm. correct but yeah um they have it going and it, it's uh that really does kind of make me think that they're going to try to say that um the 97 you know where we pick up is on the show going to be like hey we're going to try to um, make use of this massively popular Krokoan era that's kind of happening like a different version of it from the comics but see that I would be wary of um, because the Krokoa storyline is so based on like you know all the things that's happened mm-hmm. over the last couple decades of X-Men storytelling Yeah, mm-hmm. you know whereas I, I just think it makes more sense to kind of not retcon but just remind people of of x-men continuity and and just modernize it you know well, i mean I'm, I'm i'm not saying that i'm particularly in favor of, of it like out the gate but that it it would be um i guess it, it wouldn't be far-fetched to kind of assume that that would at least be something that they build toward even if it's not where they um where they start and you know when we see them introduced in the mcu yeah that's what i'm saying i I could almost see them trying it in the in the rebooted universe well mcu 2.0 before trying it 
you know, just on the animated series. Right. Given that that's where we are right now with the X-Men, you know, why not use the, why not use the animated series to fill in all the storylines that we've gotten between the nineties and today, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, hit like, you know, play the hits, hit the highlights, um, introduce the new mutants that you need to, um, to, to, to bring those up to speed. But yeah, I agree. The Krakoa era relies so heavily on you knowing X-Men prior to the Krakoa era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so reliant on old relationships and like ironic team-ups and you know, like like yeah. things like that. And like, why are these characters not allowed and these characters are and, and all of that? Yeah. So yeah. Not it, to it, mention intersections with the rest of the Marvel universe. You know, because sure. I'm because I'm imagining that this, you know, that there weren't too many non-mutant characters um, in the old X-Men cartoon. Right. So that's, that also lends itself to the, you know, having the two, you know, having the two universes kind of at odds. There was an episode where Wolverine is remembering World War II and fighting with Captain America. And that's amazing. Mm. Well, they could still do that since there's no cap right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Or no Steve Rogers as right, it. right, right. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, we've we've got probably about a year before we see what's in store for, for the X Men cartoon. But fingers crossed that that's if that's the direction they choose to go. Um, moving towards a direction that you know um, controversial. Uh, Native American delegation turning heel, I guess. You know, I mean, tur- turning heel. Maybe, maybe, maybe been heel, uh, been, been heel for a while now. But um, red dagger, red dagger, red dagger. Um, I understand. Uh, you know, if you don't know anything about the character, you might think that red dagger is a Native American character. Um, <laughs> right. Um, but. Uh, Let's get to his actual name, uh, which is uh, Lal Kanjir, the uh, Pakistani local hero. Uh, let me pull out, pull out his his origin. I thought it was important. It was important that I, I get factual here. Wait, uh, wait. <laughs> let's see. Introduced in Ms. Marvel, twelve. Um, where she goes, where she leaves her home of New Jersey to go to Karachi, Pakistan to see her family. Uh, some shady business come, you know, comes into play. She decides, I'm a superhero. I should do my superheroing. Uh, she didn't bring her costume, but she does, what, you know, she improvises and she encounters the local Karachi superhero, Red Dagger who just happens to also be a, a guy around the same age as her, kind of good looking. And they uh, bond over the fact that they are of similar culture, but uh, he recognizes instantly that she's not from there. You know, even though she speaks the same language, she speaks it with an American accent. Yeah. You know, and he kind of tells her that, you know, sometimes, you know, you can't just uh, come here as an American and uh, try to impose your your worldview. Sometimes you make things worse. 
when you don't understand the local, uh, you know, local culture. Uh -huh. You know, also in his civilian identity, he talks about how, you know, he's got opportunities uh, to go to the UK or to the US or to the Gulf. And he says, you know, very, very uh, poignant. But if everyone leaves, who's left to fix things? You know, very, very uh, community driven, very community driven. He says, uh, you know, there's a lot worth saving in Karachi, but doing the saving sometimes breaks your heart. So, it was, you know, it's very, very pointed. Very, very uh, Pakistani community oriented. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very much, very much. But uh, I was told <laughs> that none of that matters <laughs> because the Native American delegation decided, nope, he can just be uh, none of those things um, <laughs> in none of those places. And uh, just be Native American because uh, his name is Kareem and anyone can be named Kareem, <laughs> which is not what we do here on the racial draft. <laughs> really, that's, that's usually not what we do. <laughs> not generally what we do. We like to, we like to respect the, uh, the, the backstories of the character and try to figure out how to, you know, try to... Uh, maintain the character's motivations and and goals and what drives them while also adding a new a new element i just don't think it's possible i don't think it's possible to do that um in um you know in this case what do you guys think i i would be uh inclined to agree and yet also deeply morbidly curious to hear <laughs> <laughs> Toriano's explanation. Like I, I, I want to. Uh, hopefully, we can get him on the show uh, next week or, or what have you to try to figure out <laughs> what all is going on there. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think uh, you know, Red Dagger is going to be on the Miss Marvel series. Mm -hmm. There's, there's points there. I think that that's probably the impetus for this decision. Um, and. You know, I can't, I can't knock that. I, I like I mean, to I feel like I you can. can. I feel like I mean, you can. what I'm saying is <laughs> drafting, drafting a character that doesn't necessarily fit because you want the points is not unheard of. Toriano's I mean, like the first person to do that. Sure. Uh, like, I will right. say, you know, I laid off Kamala Khan, Kamala Khan, sorry, uh, because I don't have a story for... <laughs> A Pakistani Latinx um, character. I, there's no and, way to. It's very hard to circle thing. that square. I. That's what I'm saying. I feel like the spirit. The spirit of the racial draft is is trying to get the fit and the points. You know, yeah, you don't right. you don't always chase all the points. Correct. Because you know you run the risk of not having a story, and as, and harming evident, the character. As, as as evidenced by uh when when I tried to draft. Uh, Kamala Khan I think it was maybe my first season on which is what season two I think mm -hmm. or, or maybe yeah I mean I tried to get her and and I like by the skin of my teeth I was able to be like oh hey look there's actually <laughs> black you know Afro uh, uh, Pakistani people that exist and like you know that I remember that yeah mm -hmm. I mean 
that's you is really difficult to sort of and i still uh, and i still press you on it <laughs> that too. right right that's what i'm saying you you still you still want to have some understanding of what that entails like not just saying that oh yeah we're going to get whoever and and um you know i'm not particularly mad at the at the calculus there because obviously you know points but the you should at least kind of um understand that the criticism is going to come your way and rightfully so and so what is your preparation what is your your reasoning for that right um you know as opposed to me just snatching up the whites i mean <laughs> that's, there, there's not really a whole heck of a lot that i have to try to uh, adjust there because they sort of is treated as as default but if i go looking for oh this character is inuk or this character is arab now i have to try to figure out you know where how do i fit in there or is it possible that i can fit in there? yeah and it kind of puts you know it it, it puts the um the fans i suppose in an awkward position mm -hmm. because it's like you're choosing one kind of representation over another right um and and yeah. it's like you know it's like well this was some really good uh south asian pakistani record representation but it's like to be replaced by <laughs> like, yeah, as the, kids say, as, as the kids in the streets say, uh, I, you know, the fellow youth that I'm young with, um, <laughs> you know, just make it make sense. That's all. <laughs> make it make sense. If you can but, make but, it make sense, then that has to be mapping. That's, that's <laughs> exactly. Um, I also, um, you know, I uh, we heard from, uh, let me get the name correct. I'm sorry. Um, this is important. Uh, Fatima Nakwi, sorry, no, Fatima, Fatima Nakvi, um, a uh, Ms. Marvel writer, not writer of, sorry, a writer about Ms. Marvel, not a writer of Ms. Marvel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a, wow, uh, very the lead here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, she wrote a piece a while back, uh, uh, actually about Red Dagger, the character, and his importance because um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but um, the actor who is being cast to play Red Dagger mm -hmm. is actually of um, of mixed ancestry. Right. Um, and, I just looked it up. To yeah. See. And you know, and there were some concerns about colorism uh, with regard to him. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of get into it a little bit without reading the entirety of the piece, but the. Uh, you know, in the comics, sorry, let me, let me get there, get there. Whoop. Uh, Aramis Knight, the actor, hopefully he does a good job, but uh, he is an American, a Pakistani, Indian, and European descent. Um, in the comics, Kareem is a Pakistani national who protects the city of Karachi under his vigilante identity, La Kanjir, or Red Dagger in English. Kamal meets him when visited her extended family abroad in Ms. Marvel, issue 12, we talked about that. Within 22 pages, Kareem challenges Kamal's perspective and the status quo of the mainstream American superhero genre in a very important way. In the age of Iron Man flying into foreign countries to fix the problems he caused by firing missiles at them, Lal Kanjir proposes that American superheroes don't always know what's best for the rest of the world. As a kind of charismatic love interest to Kamal, Kamala, sorry, uh, 
Kareem subverts stereotypes about South Asian men who are usually either portrayed as emasculated IT nerds, think Raj from the Big Bang Theory, or patriarchal extremists who abuse the women in their lives. Mm -hmm. Prior to Kareem's introduction in the comics, Ms. Marvel came under fire for perpetuating the latter stereotype with the character of Kamran, a Pakistani-American metahuman who kidnaps and attempts to emotionally manipulate Kamal into joining his super-powered extremist group. Kamran and Kareem are the only two Desi boys who appears to Kamala in the comics, and they're both her love interests. Introducing both characters in the same season could have helped mitigate the stereotypes perpetuated by Kamran, uh, that is, if more thought was put into their casting. Rish Shah, a British Asian actor, is confirmed to be playing Kamran in the show. In comparison, the Shah Knight being uh, is much lighter skinned. Uh, these two castings feel like continuation of the stereotype, as in, um, sorry, I'm going to paraphrase now, because uh, Knight is light-skinned and uh, uh, Shah is darker-skinned. Uh-huh. You know? So even then, you know, the, with the criticisms, there's the discussion of how these, these characters are meant to represent a uh, South Asian uh, male culture and um, these criti- you know, critiques of how they're depicted in pop culture. So very important. And, you know, it's, there will be a critique by the light-skinned mixed white South Asian in the role. Uh, you can only imagine the, uh, what the critique would be if he wasn't uh, South Asian at all. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah. what else is there really to say? Yeah, I mean, there there is, there is a conversation that we constantly have to revisit about um, the the LP or lightest possible casting that is uh, you know done for these and 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 kind of washing away just uh, different aspects of of who the characters are. Um, they they also had a complaint about how one of the characters wore her hijab and kind of sort of mm-hmm. um, Americanized sort of. Uh, stylized ways as opposed to something more straightforward to the culture and and so yeah it it really does matter especially given the fact that we we don't get a whole lot of positive um representation of their you know different ethnic backgrounds just in general we don't get a whole lot of positive representation of that so to to have it be the limited stuff that we get is also now being inaccurate it's is you know definitely adding insult to injury there yeah for sure so um you know like obviously i i you know as a reader of the ms marvel book uh i'm happy i mean i think so recent uh recently i think the red dagger has uh come to come to new jersey so that he can play like even more of an ongoing role in the books. Um, One would imagine that, uh, again, it's unfortunate casting notwithstanding, you know, if Aramis Knight ends up doing a good job in the role, we can expect more things out of Red Dagger Mm -hmm. um, and continue to uh, be a a positive uh, representation um, of, you know, Pakistani men, uh, Pakistani young men, as it were, you know, in the culture. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, this is what this is what our challenge system is about. You know, asking ourselves a question as to whether this particular particular change 
um, you know, is adverse to the character or not. So we will find out. I mean, I'll give, we'll definitely uh, give Toriano an opportunity to uh, have a rebuttal. Um, so we may extend the, the challenge period uh, so that Toriano can get his rebuttal in. But, you know, I feel like the case has been made. I feel like the case has been made, but listeners, yeah. you know, make your voice known if you, if you agree or disagree about. Uh, I might be mistaken. Actually, if you disagree. <laughs> I might be mistaken, but uh, I think I recall there being a colorism conversation around the casting of Miss Marvel herself. Yeah. 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 A lot that was of, a thing a as well. Of, a lot of the brown folks that we've gotten uh, in the MCU and, and well, just in comic media and media generally have been mm -hmm. just toward the 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 lighter possible uh possibilities yeah. there from we, yeah. we just were talking online today about uh, uh back again with new mutants sunspot and and dr cecilia reyes were both cats with like really super light <laughs> brown. Mm -hmm. you know they're brown but <laughs> like yeah. just enough brown that it's attainable by a white person with a good thing right yeah yeah and sometimes you know sometimes it's like a little like you know it's 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 kind of like within reason you know sometimes it's like not as as extreme as as we got with you know with sunspot um, it, it would not be an issue i think personally if if it wasn't so consistent like if it wasn't just like a constant thing that we have to constantly remind people of it, it is more of a new phenomenon to see them actually get somebody who is dark-skinned to actually play a dark-skinned person. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about uh, the, the, the Generation X uh, one-and-done kind of pilot thing with, with Monet St. Croix. I saw that girl in that picture. I looked her up, uh, 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 Willis. I looked her up, and she's <laughs> like very much on the lightest kind of possible end of the melanin spectrum without literally being a Caucasian and it's right. like we've had that issue not just with the casting but with the comic portrayals too yeah. so yeah it, it, it's going to constantly come up just because you know I mean anytime we kind of bring it up people try to play it down and pretend like we're just kind of whining and, and we should be grateful that the Negroes even were allowed in the door in the first place right. yeah but, yeah, I think I think that there there's like you know um, not to derail this conversation entirely, uh, although <laughs> we're pretty far. But um, you know it it is interesting, and I think people need to kind of realize like the MCU has. I mean, Black Panther almost had a British accent. Mm -hmm. It took Chadwick being like he no he wouldn't have a British accent. <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's like they 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 came. We've come close to like it being way off. Black um, almost had a British accent and before him, Wesley Snipes was almost passed mm -hmm. over for a white man to play Blade. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the, yeah, but T'Challa having a British accent like is a, is a crazy what if situation, right? Because well, how, else would you, how, how else would you convey that he had a high intellect, Michael? Well, that's, yeah, that was the whole thing, right? It's like he's been educated in the best <laughs> schools. Make like, sure that he, where we conveyed to the audience that he was educated 
he was educated abroad and we want to make sure yeah. that, that everybody knows that <laughs> right yeah and that's and those are the kinds of sort of like you know subtle subtle uh anti-blackness and subtle white supremacy that like make its way like insinuates its way into all of the subconscious casting decisions yeah and you know and colorism is a part of that i mean look i'm gonna i'm rooting for ms marvel series and i'm rooting for Amon Vellani, but like you know i'm also taking those criticisms to heart because we have to, we have to, if we're going going to sort of advance the, you know, advance the discourse, you know, Mm -hmm. even, you know, listen, we've, we've, we've danced around the America Chavez of it all, you know, but like, (laughs) you know, but uh, when we set the bar too low, you know, we allow them to give us the barest minimum Mm -hmm. and, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be happy with the crumbs. Right. Yeah, especially exactly. at this point. Especially at this point, like when yeah. everyone, you know, when when there's just billions of dollars being made, like mm-hmm. no, really, whatever product they throw out there, yeah. it's gonna make money. Well, I'll take it a step. I'll take it a step further. When we have seen them get it right, yes. I mean, it would be one thing if we if we thought that they just lucked into it, you mm-hmm. know, if they were like, oh no, I mean, how how do we do this, you know, like. <laughs> Like we see them exercise the care. We see them bring in the creatives who have the vision and we see, you know, them listen to when the fans, um, you know, say that they're, they're not always on point and they try to fix it. You know, like all of those things are why we shouldn't be quiet when they're, when they, when they're not on point because they're willing, go ahead, Randy, sorry. I, I just was about to say, and on top of that, like not only are we doing it sort of in in the 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 vacuum of of us wanting to see the representation but we have to speak up against the folks who who think that the bare minimum crumbs we got now are like a mile too far (laughs) we have to try to combat those voices as well and hopefully be louder and more uh uh persuasive slash influential than those people who are like what Black people starring in the show, star, what? They're just like, you know, their mind glitches at the idea of someone other than a straight white male being the, the star. And so, you know, it's all the more the urgency of uh, we're seeing in the news that anytime we are quiet or just sitting back or, or kind of not getting involved in the, in the process, how many basically what what horrible steps can be taken in terms of of um moving things backward from what little we have now mm-hmm. so i mean it's it's kind of fitting like we talked about um you know scarlet scarab earlier when we talked about that first pick mm-hmm. and how you know representation matters right we you know there was an egyptian uh creative egyptian director who thought it was really important to represent an Egyptian heroine, and we got a character that's taken the world by storm. Yeah. I just picture like like the personification of that character, like just like shooting from the three-point line while looking at Wonder Woman in the crowd. <laughs> and it's just going in, just being like, that's that's how you you see what I did there? 
<laughs> See how when I saved the two uh, Muslim kids, it didn't seem like completely patronizing and and gross. Um, yeah, yeah, all of those things. Yeah, <laughs> all so, of those um, things. Well, yeah. So let's moving. You know, moving from one South Asian to another, or you know, one South Asian, one besieged South Asian to a uh, racially drafted South Asian. The uh, family chained Richards children. Uh, uh, Franklin Richards, who can manipulate reality, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and uh, I was going to make some inappropriate joke, but I'll, I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Valeria Richards, uh, one of the smartest children in the world, uh, South Asian, 71 and 67% approval rating, respectively. So, uh, you know, n- n- not, not loved by the people, mm-hmm. not loved by the, by the people. Um, 75% approval rating for multiracial Luke Cage or Luke Beige. Um, <laughs> 78% approval rating for white L'Oreal, which I kind of get. I mean, she's blue in the comics. Um, <laughs> 88% approval rating for South Asian Jerry Drew, Jessica Drew's uh, child, uh, could not hit that 90% threshold. Um, also, uh, Norman Osborne multiracial delegation i mean the waves the waves to me like that's that's enough to make them multiracial in my book mm-hmm. like, um, <laughs> you know the john caller exposito of it all is is just icing on the cake but uh i mean any any you guys have any problems with uh, with multiracial uh norman osborne i i the waves just they say it all have you seen the latest episode of Atlanta? The latest episode? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That is our, uh, our Norman, I mean, our, our Harry Osborne. Our Harry Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Brushing those waves. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know that's that's the uh, that's the osborne family uh you know they can be they could be somewhat white passing if we want to keep it real but the nose should give it away like like he said <laughs> and giancarlo esposito you know he's the the incarnation of racial ambiguity for sure yeah mm-hmm. let's see uh south asian um what was his name? Um, sorry, Cyborg Superman. That is Kara Zor-El's father. It's not the original Cyborg Superman, the new Cyborg Superman. Only 67% approval rating for that. So didn't hit the threshold. Um, moving on. Black or Bolt? <laughs> Correct. Openly Black Bolt. Excessively Black Bolt. Unapologetically Black Bolt. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what? Nah, yeah. Um, he is currently sitting at 84.6% approval rating. So, you know, if you, if you agree with, uh, you know, if you're not anti-Black Bolt, um, so go ahead and vote that bad boy up. I'm just mad I didn't get to draft him later. <laughs> Black and Gar Bolt gone. Come on. <laughs> he could be Afro-Latino, definitely, but yeah. for gone. And the uh-huh. yeah, and the Chicago White Sox are calling in their left-handed reliever, <laughs> <Black-a-gar-bolt-a-gon>. 
<laughs> I mean, look, trades are. Listen, you guys can make trades. If you I'm, really, I'm not trading crap. I, trading I, like, boat. I, I like the um the uh, the family chain that went along with that. So I'm, I'm he's not going anywhere. There you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, we got some we got some South A- South Asian family chains. Uh, one, two, three, one hundred percent approvals, and those would be the cons, the uh, uh, Kamala Khan's uh, mother, father, and grandmother, um, Muniba Khan, Amir Khan, and Yusuf Khan, and um, no, sorry, brother, sorry, brother, father, and grandmother. Um, is, wait, did I miss one? Give me a second, guys. <laughs> I wait for it. Do, do, do. Weird weirdly enough. No no mom. Oh. So brother, brother, father, and grandmother. Huh. Well. Go ahead and put those bonus points in, people. Week 13. I like the idea of, you know, using the supplemental draft to kind of recognize defensive picks. Mm -hmm. You know, even if, uh, you know, they're obviously any, you could draft any character, but this is the time to get like, and here's my favorite South Asian character. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Except when you're Native American. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Can you guys vamp a little longer? It looks, uh, like, it looks like I screwed up a little bit. I'm oh, just, okay. I'm, I'm tr- like, I, I kind of have been trying to be more thoughtful in terms of like not necessarily just considering characters for the family chaining but it it hadn't been really much in my consideration until just recently Mm -hmm. so i i'm fine with the kind of uh uh, underwhelming sort of backlash or whatever um you know in terms of black bolt not necessarily being considered in a positive light and when he was you know made his appearance in multiverse madness but i'm like whatever that's that's He's still in the conversation, and there, it wasn't univer- uh, unilaterally, uh, universally, everybody hated the appearance. So I'm, I'm still yeah. kind of... Yeah, yeah, I can agree. I can agree that, uh, you know, the appearance was, yeah, the appearance was somewhat, um, like, was, was, was much more positive than, uh, was much more positive than any other appearance in live action. Um which is damning with faint praise, I understand, <laughs> but yeah, I dug that a lot. Which right, I can't guys. say for most of that, most of the rest of that production. <laughs> um, I will, I will have to fix my spreadsheet later on oh. that because I for I completely didn't add those characters to the spreadsheet, so. Uh... <laughs> that's a lot to do live on the podcast. So I won't subject you guys to that. We appreciate Um, it. And the (laughs) listeners hopefully do as well. I'd imagine. This will be where you put in the ad. (laughs) Hey guys. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Ford here.
<laughs> you ever want to start your own podcast? Um, yeah, I, I, I think I, there are so many little, little in terms of like, haven't had many appearances in, in, in history, but like, you know, I really hope for instance, that the, I believe it would be the South Asian delegation gets like amulet. Mm-hmm. Right? South Asian, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are they? No, Swana? no. I think it's Swana. Yeah. 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 I think he might be Lebanese. Um, oh, oh yeah. I'm trying to remember now. Yeah. Hmm. Whatever delegation is what I'm saying. Whatever delegation. <laughs> I mean, this is exactly why it won't be Latinx because I don't even know which mythology it's. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember his introduction, but I I've only read all of one thing with him, and that was when he um he teamed up with Miles Morales. Yes, so. and that's what I read, and I was like, "This is a TV show. Why isn't this already like?" Mm-hmm. He's, right, uh, yeah. it, it was a it was a TV show on the CW called Reaper, and it's just mm-hmm. it's just Reaper, but with superheroes. Yeah. So, you know, down the line, uh, we can look forward to the Native American delegation drafting amulet. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone could have amulets. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of defensive picks, Polynesian Kiwi Black. Um, And I'm I'm looking down on whoever was part of that 22 percent of disapproval because it was only 78 percent approval rating. I mean, who who like are they mad that like i mean i can't even imagine what the reasoning is for disapproval maybe someone saw kiwi black and was like uh, clearly <laughs> <laughs> clearly he's black so in the name <laughs> clearly he's a black prince from new zealand like <laughs> uh 63 i was surprised by this 63 percent approval rating for white sinestro um I just feel like, you know, as far as like space, you know, space Caucasians, uh, Sinestro's pretty high up on the list. Right. Um, he's, he's, he's white with the sunburn. There you go. Why, why, why don't you approve of that? Yeah. Uh, 75% approval rating for South Asian uh, John Zatara, uh, Zatanna's father. John Taturo is Zatanna's father? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Zatanna's father, Catwoman's father. Jeez. <laughs> Spoilers for Batman. Um, I mean, it's been a minute. 90% <laughs> approval rating for South Asian Blackfire. Um, that is a Starfire's sister. So there you go. Bonus points. Nice. 100% approval rating for Polynesian Longshot. Okay. Nice. I mean, weird, weird that people disapproved of uh, Kiwi Black, but we're like, long shot, perfectly Polynesian. <laughs> maybe they just disapprove of the name Kiwi Black. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. Although, like it, to me, it sounds like a Polynesian rapper, and I think that's <laughs> Kiwi, Black. Kiwi Black is a great rap name. Mm. As is the Harry Potter character Sirius Black. That's a great <laughs> rap name. <laughs> Is it spelled like the word serious? Serious like the like the cloud. Like oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I was like, is it is it like the 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 radio satellite radio or is it like the word serious? <laughs> <laughs> uh yes, as you mentioned before, the monkey prince uh is uh was drafted by the East Southeast Asian delegation. Uh still days left. So, you know, we'll see if it holds. 
currently 100% approval, um, which again, happy to not be drafted by anything uh, even close to African there. Um, I, I am definitely going to upvote that one just because like they, it, it's a long time coming that somebody finally did like a mainstream, like, you know, I mean, not finally did a mainstream thing, but finally, as far as like the big two is concerned, use a prominent character that's based on the monkey prince. It seems like a slam dunk. Uh, and like we mentioned before, Celine, the uh, external uh, psychic vampire, um, Jewish delegation. I mean, I not really sure. Uh, I don't want to necessarily step in any kind of a cultural thing, but you know, I, yeah. I just feel like uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a yes, yeah, kind of a weird flex, weird flex. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, millennial-year-old uh, taker of life force. Um, sure. I mean. Sure. <laughs> if if the the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world are gonna say you're doing it anyway, <laughs> you know, just do it. <laughs> right, Marjorie. We are slapping the life force with our space lasers. Yeah, like, I feel like the next. Yeah, like the, the Galactus. Galactus should should come next with the space <laughs> with the space laser. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that I I was not even remotely tempted to comment here. Eighty three percent approval rating for South Asian, still South Asian Levi Kamei, the uh, Swamp Thing. Um, didn't quite didn't quite hit the threshold, despite being the exact uh, racial background that he is in the comics. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Crazy. This one this one was a little shocking, but I get it. Uh, white Kyle Rayner, um, forty-four percent approval rating. Happy, less, happy to my part. Less there. than his percentage. Less than his percentage of of whiteness. Eighty-three um, <laughs> percent approval rating for White Huntress, um, which again I understand. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is, you know, yeah. say no uh, more, fam. <laughs> And uh, let's talk about Groot. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about Groot. Let's talk about uh, Puerto Rican Groot. Woo! Puerto Rican Groot is canon, so, you know, it's just a defensive pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like Bender bending Rodriguez. <laughs> uh, Guardians of Infinity, number three. There is a uh, story. At the, I think it's the, the backup story. I, I don't think it's the main issue where uh, Groot and Thing are in New York and Groot gets like possessed by plant guy. I don't even know the villain. <laughs> and he starts kind of rampaging and it, it does lead to Groot versus Thing, which is kind of a cool fight. And mm -hmm. actually, so the, the, this little story is written by Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez mm -hmm. and Daryl McDaniel of Run DMC. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I remember he wrote a comic. So you get thing like in you know in disguise, but he's dressed as one of Run DMC. Rocking rocking the Adidas with yeah. the hat. Exactly. Um, um, but but as he's like rampaging out, there's this um older Puerto Rican woman in, in a restaurant, and she's telling her grandson that like I you know, like I can tell he's got the spirit of the Taino in him. Like that that's Groot is is Taino. And um 
he's like what are you talking about no he's he's a space alien and they're like she's like well the Tainos were a very spiritual people and I you know I know uh, a Saba tree when I see one and that's what Groot is and Sabas are, are these trees in Puerto Rico um and that look a hell of a lot like Groot honestly uh and <laughs> It was like, I was like, oh yeah, I love this. Like, this is, this is great. And, and, uh, Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez was talking about how like, um, Groot, you know, like these are all basically like, you know, Thor is a Norse God and, and, but they made him a space alien and things like that. But that, um, he's like, these are all just interpretations of mythologies. That's all, that's all we're really doing here. And so Groot as a Taino, um, kind of, uh, spiritual totem makes sense the same way and and this kind of like blew my mind the same way that thing is like a play on the jewish golem mm-hmm. myth which i had never even like considered before it was like oh shit yeah that's absolutely he's a rock yeah. man that's exactly what he is yeah so like it, it really like that one really worked and so uh, like yes, Groot is probably in Thor: Love and Thunder, and yes, I'm probably going to get points for that. <laughs> but but she didn't do it for the points. Groot is a defensive pick. That was an awesome. Uh, and I saw that you got it. I saw that you got the shout out from the the the, the creator who from the brought creator. it about. So mm-hmm. I, I got to give you. I got to give you ten bonus points. I got to give you ten point bonus points for that. Awesome. Yeah, I I, I kind of was just like shouting him out for writing that story, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, he responded and said Groot has been his uh Groot has been his mascot ever since for years and then um I kind of shouted out the racial draft podcast and being like yeah I had to keep Groot with us and he liked that post and also he just won um I don't know if he just won but in the past few years he won the um like the Eisner award for philanthropy because he created um a comic a superhero named La Borinquena, mm-hmm. which is basically like almost kind of like what we wish America Chavez was, mm-hmm. which is like definitively Puerto Rican, um, and like kind of a super woman. Yeah, uh, I think Rosario Dawson uh, was in, was involved in that. Rosario aspect. Dawson is definitely in one of the books for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use the sales of these books to like uh, so- to further Puerto Rican like reconstruction, basically. Right after the hurricane, the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, signal boosting that. Um, you yep. know, like I'm here around the t- around the time that the the books came out. You know, that was part of my uh, ongoing support of everything that Rosario Dawson does. Um, <laughs> uh, when you and that break has been brought to you by incursions, incursions uh, when the universe isn't quite where it needs to be, incursions. Um, so yeah, we're back. From our from our uh, from our break, uh, we were talking about the uh, you know we were talking about the Groot and the creator of Groot and the bonus points that I that I gave you for uh, you know having the the creator of Groot's uh, canonical uh, Puerto Rican identity brought into the fray. Thank you for that uh, better introspection at Groot's uh, roots. Nice. We just figured out Groot's roots. We just figured out Groot's roots. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's let's press ahead. Uh, we can talk about some family chaining. Maximus the Mad. Black? Hmm. Blacksimus? <laughs> hmm. 
exactly. Talk exactly. about it. Talk about it, Randy. Sell it. Sell it to the people. <laughs> okay, look. So so I feel like um you you have the the strong black leader that that is is uh leading the people, but every, you know, behind every strong black man is a, a not quite as strong black man who hates on the strong black man. And and okay, I feel like okay. that's necessary. It's, uh, you know, we, we get, uh, I, again, like I said last week, I, I support women's rights and women's wrongs. I, I support Black rights and I support Black wrongs. I, I feel like we need to have a little bit more uh, diversity on the on the other side of the moral scale. So so did you have a uh, a, a, a visual reference in mind to uh, embody this uh, this hater, this, this inhuman hater? Uh, no, I did not. But I welcome the the the, uh, the brainstorming to that end because I, I feel like there's a number of possibilities there. Oh, I mean, I mean, you know, I I just, I just think about that scene in Belly, you know, where uh, Tyrant <laughs> Tyron Thomas is like, I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> I feel like in in the the around the time Belly came out. Maximus the Mad would have been like that would have been like a, a prime like Bohem Woodbine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. All right. Well, you know, we'll workshop it. But okay, I, I can I can deal with the the hater, the brother hater. Like you know, that's that's a strong archetype. It was the, the the successful brother, and then the the less successful brother that's just you know he just feels underappreciated. Uh, you also have. Uh, Blackagar's son, Ahura Boltagon. Um, Correct. And and my my personal headcanon is that Blackagar has has caught some of our Earthling TV transmissions and and was like, hey, that that Star Trek, it's pretty great. And and my fave is actually Ahura. And so I'm gonna kind of name my child uh, a thing that's sort of the the masculine version of that. And so there it is. Hmm. All right, all right, okay. Oh, it Karnak, he who sees the flaws in all things. So yeah. he, so as he just looks around, he's like white supremacy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he wears right. a hoodie. He wears a hoodie. I, I got it. You you play six six degrees of, of white supremacy, and and you're gonna you know Karnak is gonna find it every time. I feel you, Black Karnak. And 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 let's let's uh, let's take a second to uh, to to note that two of the highest rated choices uh, uh, for this family chaining are, are the ones that don't look freaking human. That's yeah. Triton and Gorgon are two of the highest rated that are like, oh yeah, sure they could be black. <laughs> well, they made Gorgon black in the ill-fated Inhumans. Correct. I exactly. Oh, case in point. You know. But uh, Triton. I mean, to be fair, I did. I did find a. I did find a picture of Triton where his features did seem for a fish. He seemed to have very uh, strong lip. Uh, you know, um, pronounced lips. You know, I'm just saying. Another actual fish-based character in Marvel. I forget his name. I think it's like Barracuda or something crazy like that. And it's actually a black, like I think it's like piranha or something like that. And I'm like, 
that's the guy that 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 like came to mind when when they tried to like uh approve this choice not that i'm mad about it of course <laughs> by all means upload it <laughs> you know yeah that's, so that's he's currently doing. sitting black triton is currently sitting at 100 percent approval right so you know <laughs> weird it's like you know normally when you talk about black people swimming doesn't really you know doesn't really come together but this fish dude you know i think it's just i might have to i might have to just straight out draft karnak mm. the uh, ability to sense the flaws in all things like that's that's me i mean also <laughs> generally he looks like bruno from encanto um <laughs> there you go you know so He's right there. It's right there. Carlos is what he'll be called. (laughs) (laughs) With a K, though. So it's Celestial. (laughs) And like you said, Gorgon Petragon, uh, who was played, who was played by a black actor in uh, on ABC. Um, I suppose I'll somewhat approve also at 100 percent approval. So that's apparently, yeah, the the the, uh, you know, once you incorporate some some animal aspects to the to the character that gets all the approval you as, look too hum- as, you look too humanoid uh that's where the disapproval comes in as as long as we make sure that you understand that they are literally inhuman then we can approve i mean right. you would i mean when you sell it that way like you could just get all the you get all the white supremacist votes by it's like no i'm saying that black people are inhuman isn't that what you have been saying for years <laughs> You know, anyway, uh, 75% approval for still white, uh, Mary, what was her, what's her, uh, last name? I mean, Mary Marvel is her superhero name, but Mary Bromfeld, Bromfield. Yeah. Something like that. I believe. Yeah. I mean, you know, it feels of all the, of all the Shazamily, um, you know, she seems like the most, the most Caucasian. Uh, 91% approval rating for Adelana, the, the mother of Aquaman. We're, we're going to give her the, the middle name or uh, Georgia. That is her last name. <laughs> Alana Georgia. <laughs> that, that, I feel you. I feel you. Hot. I was thought you were going to go with Hot Lana. No um, one actually calls her Hot Lana. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So funny. When you get off a plane in Atlanta, that's like a sign there's a sign on the like escalator that's like no one calls it hotlanta <laughs> thanks for the heads up so yeah let me give you give you your 20 points uh 86% approval rating for ocean massa um didn't didn't quite didn't didn't quite hit the hit the threshold but you know didn't whip up enough votes <laughs> <laughs> you were you picked up what i was putting down <laughs> 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 but you did get your 90% approval rating for Aaron Davis, Uncle Aaron. I should freaking hope so. Yeah. We should yeah, we should all hope so, honestly. Um, so yes, give give your bonus points for Uncle Aaron. Uh weirdly, 66% approval rating for Jeff Morales. I mean, I mean, was it the Davis? Was it the change from Jeff Davis, to Jeff Morales, that just ruined I, his approval rating? Really changed his last name in the comic. I don't even have to. Re- I don't even have to rewrite that backstory. 
well, 80% approval rating for Black Billy Morales, which, you know, I get it. You know, she's she's Puerto Rican in the book. So you know, a little little bit of a, a backlash or a blacklash, as it were. <laughs> um, 71% approval rating for Black Rio Oh, sorry. Billy Morales is the, is the baby. Sorry. Rio yes. Morales. So that's even more of a backlash. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one really hurts. 89% approval rating for Black Shuri. <sighs> yeah. That 11%. It's, it's all it's all based on the vaccine, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 91% approval rating for Black T'Chaka. There you go. There you go. So there's your bonus points. Thank you. Oh, here's the West family. 67% for Irie West. Irie West. Uh, 55% for Jai West. 66. Oh, sorry. That was, that was those were the Wests. Uh, Umar, the unrelenting. Umar without a Kufi. Uh, 66% <laughs> approval rating. 75% approval rating for Black Prince Orini. Uh, ooh, this one hurts. 75% approval rating for Black Salim, the Miles Morales clone. Um, just, uh, what, what even is there to say? Just adoration. I mean, did, did they want him to be white with his brothership? I don't know. Yeah, that's, you know, I mean, I guess the cloning, you know, anti-cloning didn't, didn't really work out. What is the one word that Schiff says? Glurp. <laughs> yeah feels like that should be his name <laughs> all right on the on the side of the east southeast asian delegation 100 percent approval rating for emiko queen who is in fact east asian in the book so feels right mm-hmm. oops i want to put my cursor down 86 percent approval rating for Southeast Asian Connor Hawk, who, I mean, I guess is, he's like part black in the book, right? He's also mm-hmm. part Asian, but, uh, you know, not enough to get to the threshold. Yeah. 100% approval rating for Sandra Wusan, AKA Lady Shiva. That feels right. You all saw that uh, uh, three, the hard way Batman movie, whatever it was called. Um, Batman Soul of the Dragon, I think it was called. I still need to see it. What? I yeah, I also haven't seen it. That's the yeah, I'm, one. I'm I'm behind on everything, but I'm like, that's the one that has Bronze Tiger in it, Lady Shiva. Like, I I need to see it. Yeah, they even made Richard Dragon Asian in that to make mm-hmm. him look basic, make him basically Bruce Lee. But you know who was in that movie still as a white man? Batman. <laughs> all right <laughs> that man teaming up with uh bruce lee and uh jim kelly and um i don't know my asian uh martial arts uh icons sorry my female sorry <laughs> my female asian <laughs> arts icons but uh i'm sure lady shiva was based on someone somebody right mm-hmm Ooh, 43% approval rating for White Wallace West. That is too high. That um, is, that is <laughs> karma. I, I only, I'm fairly certain I was one of the down votes. And I'm like, yeah, that is far too well, high. 
also too high, 33% approval rating for white Lynn Lee. Correct. Insane. <laughs> Far too high. Insane. All that, all that introducing of an Asian iron fist just for the white delegation to swoop in there and be like, got him. Got him. <laughs> it's uh, like uh it's like Thanos re-killing vision. <laughs> uh 38% approval rating for white El Muerto, aka Antonio Bentares. Um, right. Right. So what do you mean he's not? Nope, nope, he isn't from nope. Spain. Uh, 88% approval rating for Swana Sage, um, which again, people don't know what ethnicity Sage is, you know. Uh, 90% approval rating for Swana Artemis of, uh, say it again, Randy, of Bogda. Bana Migdal. Bana Migdal. Thank you. So y'all are cool with them taking the redheads, but when I do it, <laughs> and I, I do mean, it ginger side, I, I mean, I, I mean, she could still be redheaded. I think I'll try not to take that one personally. Gosh. Oh, by the way, uh, Amulet is Lebanese. Okay. Sixty-three uh, percent approval rating for Swana Flash Thompson, um, which. I don't know. I mean, you know, he did fight in the Gulf War. I feel like it, you know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I thought Flash Thompson it was um, South Asian in- Oh, Tony Revolori? Yeah. Right. I, I thought he was South Asian in the movies. And then I was like, oh, he's Latinx? What? <laughs> hmm. Yep. Just goes to show you, race is a- Social continent. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they. I feel like they kind of played him as South Asian. Um, I, honestly, I, I, yeah, I was thinking that like Indian or or something like that. Yeah, because has he hasn't he played Indian people in the past? I honestly could not give you the filmography of Tony Rivellori. Okay, not at all. Uh, seventy six. Well, we'll keep moving. Seventy six percent approval rating for Swana Druig, um, another character that doesn't have to be white you know except he does engage in mind control hmm. I mean, the, <laughs> the name druid it remind it makes me think of druid like right. as far as uh, um celtic or something like that so that may account for something like fair that. that is fair and, and and uh isn't that actor uh irish yep i think so okay well, we'll allow it, I suppose. 57% approval rating for Latina Astrid Mordo. Um, okay, fine. <laughs> I don't know a lot about Astrid Mordo. She stole Baron Mordo's cancer and yes. gave Doctor Strange. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. Uh, eighty. This one hurts. 86% approval rating for the adorable little Latino William Grant Nelson, a uh, little tiger cub. El Tigre. Um, who doesn't love kittens? Apparently, fourteen percent of uh, you know that if that kitten purrs with a with, not two, with with a rolled R, then you know, it's like nope, nope, we don't want him. Nope. Uh, eight, this one hurts too. Eighty-five percent approval rating for Latina Crush. You know, mm-hmm. you had eighty-nine for Lobo, eighty-five for Crush. Just and and I think I think uh, Crush actually is latina or something like that like she had she i think her name is shamara something something and i think she actually either was raised with latino people or like her mother was or something like that 
Well, that's a failure of uh, lobbying. <laughs> you should have campaigned a little bit more. That's pretty wild. Put up a panel or two. <sighs> and, you know, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta campaign, get those those extra bone, those those extra uh, approval points. But that's the week. That's it. That's yeah. those. Those are all the characters. Those are all the approvals. Shamara Rojas. That's her name. Shamara Rojas. Yeah. Wow, you could have. That was easy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> really <is. laughs> Tell you what I can do. I can draft her in a future round. Do <laughs> it again. Try it again. Stop the steal is what I'm saying. <laughs> redoing this. Uh, nothing, nothing like loopholes. Nothing like loopholes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, guys. So what do you? I mean, you know, you know. Well, actually, you're here. You might. You might as well kick off round two of the supplemental draft. Oh, first pick. Yeah, I might as well. Uh, it's a good question, honestly. Uh, if this Did I put is like, you on the spot, or you know, here's the thing: I I know that I know what character I want to draft. I can <laughs> never remember it, and I have to always think about it. I I actually have one on hand this time, so I'm. Well, no, I mean, you're well, you're not gonna skip the line though. Just, oh, go ahead, wanna... go ahead, go ahead, go <laughs> ahead. Man, yeah, I just like I cannot remember the character that I want to draft, and it's killing me. Like, okay, I, I know, I, I know, <laughs> it's it's really bugging me because I was like, oh yeah, those will be my those will be my two. Group. I know you, I, you, I know you, you thought that you were gonna have two in a row, so I figured that you had your your second pick all. Well, I thought I was gonna kick off the supplemental draft with the first pick, and I thought yeah. it was gonna be my. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. No, no. All right. Well, listeners, you just have to come back next week and find out how <laughs> how 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 this uh, how this all went. Yeah. You know, or you can follow us on social media. Let's do that. Uh, find us on on uh, Twitter at Racial Draft Pod. Find us on Instagram at Racial Draft. Find us on uh, Facebook. Even, you know, um, they. I hear they're not being bought by uh, a white supremacist. <laughs> I mean, I hear that, <laughs> but um, also a lot of not a lot of misinformation though. It is Facebook after all, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, you can also find me at MTFIII on Twitter. Uh, you can also find Carlos at Carlos Freitas Jr. Yep. on Twitter. Uh, you can find Randy at Randy S zero seven two five. All right, and also hashtag. Hashtag super powerless. Yep. Super powerless. Not to be confused with super powerless, which is, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, many of us, but uh, we want to hear your voices. We're, we're always looking to have new guests. Uh, I thought we were going to have a, a new guest this week, but I got, uh, I got, I got flaked on you know, oh. as, as oh. tends to happen. But uh, you know, if you're not a flake, if you want to, you know, Join our community. Be part of the hilarity that is the racial draft. You know, uh, we've still got many, many weeks left in season four. Uh, season five is dropping in the fall, and uh, many, many characters just dying to be flipped, dying to be remixed. Uh, I'm looking right here at an apparent racial draft of Storm, which you know, um, who knew that you know, characters have been drafted by the black delegation could be so profoundly. Uh, 
colorized. Colorified. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like you, when your colorist is colorist. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I don't. There's not too much else to say. You might as well uh, get into it. I remember. Wait, I remember. Wait. I remember the pick. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's another defensive pick. I'm picking, I watched this person has already been picked. I'm picking Jessica Cruz, Green Lantern. Nice. Jessica oh, Cruz yeah, has not been available. chosen. Yeah. Jessica Cruz. I mean, the only person that I thought at this point was going to pick Jessica Cruz is uh, the Native American delegation. Um, so, I mean, you already got America Chavez. So. Yeah. I mean, but you know, at least that's Native America Chavez. Right. You right. know, like, you know, Jessica Cruz, it was like, I don't know. I mean, I suppose Jessica <laughs> Cruz could be, uh, you know, he'd be Filipino or you know, like, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, all the other, and yeah, there you go. Jessica Cruz, one of the more, I mean, for being honest here and we, and we do this on the racial draft. Um, you, you guys did lose Kyle Rayner, um, yeah. you yeah. know, to the white delegation, but Kyle Rayner is one of those characters that if you're not familiar with him, uh, sometimes you have to remind remind people that he is, in fact, Latino. Whereas right. with, Jessica, with Jessica Cruz, you don't have to do that. Yeah, we've, we've had um, conversations with, with the friend of the draft, Martin, about like how rarely we kind of get um, any mention of Kyle being Latino. So, right. Yeah. So yeah, did he just post the other day that it's only happened like five times in the book? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And it was like it, it was something. It, it's not even like a recent retcon or something like that. It's like fairly early into his his time as a lantern. So, so I mean, it's good that you shored up, you know, the your Green Lantern uh, representation. Everyone should everyone should have a a lantern. That's kind of like they will. Okay. Give them, give them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. It's like they're they're supposed to be just two in every region, but you know, something something unique about Earth. Like you know, it's it's all 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 the lanterns, right? All, all. <laughs> but um, good good on you, good on you, good, good on your listeners. If you if you would like to uh, make your approval for the Jessica Cruz pick. Uh, only strongly approve apparently um, yeah you know that's the only valid choice uh go ahead and do that on twitter uh go ahead and vote vote on the polls that are still open you know get those 90s up get those uh, you know bad picks down uh like i said we'll hear probably next week but maybe a little maybe throughout the week so follow the socials to find out about this challenge this uh red dagger challenge um and and see how that plays out. You know, Red we try to... challenge sounds like a very deadly TikTok trend. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know, we do this every week, and sometimes we have to apologize more than others. But this week we might not have to apologize as much as much, except for you know the technical difficulties of it all. But you didn't hear all that. You <laughs> just heard it. Just heard an extra ad, and you wondered what was up there. but till next time folks all things are possible